0: buzz with buzz eisenberg 1015 whmp
1: hello and thanks for joining us on the afternoon buzz today is wednesday uh boy september is nearing to a close dan yes it is buzz the year is just flying by huh the year is flying by Um, what's been happening martin and i took out Screens and, and washed uh, windows. Uh-huh. And, I know what that means. Winter's coming. Is that and, what that means? Well at least fall is fall is here. Winter, Fall's here. Winter, winter if you're listening to me, slow down. You know, I, I've been so busy all day. Um Did you follow the news out of Florida, Buzz? That's what I was just gonna ask you about. Oh, I okay. haven't seen what has Ian actually yes, hit landfall? It, it I think has oh, yeah. begun to make times. landfall, yes. And uh some of the videos of of Ian and from the eye and the storm and the winds, it's terrifying how powerful it is. The floods that are happening throughout that area of Tampa and St. Pete. It's uh,
2: mm-hmm. pretty Saint terrifying.
1: Pete, yeah. Our um, jazz correspondent, Bruce Nimsic, who will be here tomorrow yep. with a um, with musician that's playing at the Northampton Jazz Festival. Uh, Bruce and Gret- his wife, Gretchen... Became snowbirds last year um, oh. to escape the winter. They bought a condo in St. Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to Bruce yesterday. Their condo is on the sixth floor. Mm, I'd be um, okay. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Those but their their whole their whole everything complex maybe not. Yeah. yeah. Storm
3: surges could go up to ten feet. Wow. Is that what they yeah. said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a couple of, that's a story and a half. Yeah. What
1: are the sustained winds when it hit?
4: <sighs> Ooh, this morning I, I saw the cat like four
1: verging. Uh, it was like 155 sustained, 140 something is what I want to guess. So this a category is, four. Is a category four? It was 140 Not something. Not that I can distinguish a four from a five. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I think at that point you just pretty much know it's. This is if you haven't left, you gotta.
3: I was married in a hurricane.
1: That voice you're hearing is Mayor Roxanne Weidergart. <laughs> I was married from. in
3: a hurricane. You were. I really was.
1: Which hurricane? I can't remember her name. Do you remember his name? Who did you marry? 1967
3: Beulah, I think.
1: Beulah. So that's an early, it's a B.
3: Yeah.
1: And and you married your wonderful husband, Dick.
3: I did, and we're still married.
1: Wow. Wow. (laughs) I guess next, so when you get married, Dan, make it in a hurricane. Yeah.
3: (laughs) We got married in his mother's house, mother and father's house, and a week later, the hurricane did finally hit. And it took the roof off of that house. Wow. (laughs) So good timing.
4: (laughs) It was good. It sounds like everything you did was right, except
1: marrying somebody with the last name Wiedegard. (laughs) (laughs) You should have married a Jones. Yes, this is true. What was your your maiden name?
3: Davis. (laughs) (laughs) You
1: you gave up Davis for Wiedegard? I'm afraid so. (laughs) Mm. All right, well...
3: If uh, you look at old bylines in the recorder of mine, though, it is Roxanne. Richie Davis? Ever, no, Roxanne Davis uh, Ah, yeah.
1: Well, that's even more letters. It's There's just too many. It, it lo-
3: used to crowd out. I, that guaranteed I got a two-column story. Um,
1: <laughs> I want to ask you, I've been reading uh, uh, Greenfield's People's Budget, yeah. um, uh, which is a, a, a kind of um, concerning Read. I think I, what I want to do, Rock, we've been friends a long time, and yeah. I don't feel good asking questions that are too challenging, but oh. I guess what I want to do <laughs> is start me. with this question. There have been protests. Yeah. Um, there are a number, and I've gotten calls even about, as a civil rights lawyer.
3: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, It is interesting, and it's concerning, and uh, the language that people are using, is, there's real frustration. How do you feel about these protests that are going on?
3: Well... Um, And I said at the time uh, there was a protest uh, a couple, of three weeks ago. They have, they're just exercising their rights, you know, to petition their government to gather, to um, express their opinion. And I don't disagree with that. I agree with it uh, 100%. And so the protests themselves don't bother me. It is um, when there are Half truths and untruths that are told as motivation for the for the protests that bothers me. So, but by and large, um, you know, I'm I'm fine with the protests, and um, at the, at the same time, uh, they need to you know join in a conversation when that that when that time comes. And so, in in one particular case. That conversation is a conversation I'm having with the city council about funding a a racial bias um, audit of the police department. And the same people that are protesting uh, speak up against it at city council. So if you're not willing to be part of the solution, then you are part of the problem, said Stokely Conrackle a long time ago.
1: What kind of audit do you think would be appropriate who should do it
3: oh the audit oh the audit well there are many uh um you know organizations out there that uh do the audits um one in particular is one i consulted just primarily because uh, we would have to go through an RFP process. Mm-hmm. But, um, that is a request for proposal. Yeah, request for proposal. You have to sorry. get it big. Yes, I do have to say all the words. Um, and um, But I, I spoke with them just to get an idea of if I'm going to ask the city council for money, what kind of money am I talking about? So I called, um, I believe they they go by the initial CNA. They uh, They began as part of the Department of Navy, Uh, quite some time ago, you know, end of World War II maybe, um, to investigate, do investigations within uh, within the federal government, within the armed services, um, maybe in particular the Navy. I don't remember the precise history. But anyway, long story short, they have done many different police audits all over the country, Uh, primarily one of their specialties is racial bias audits. So they've been in South Carolina, North Carolina, Albany, New York. Um, I want to say, ooh, one of the cities in Eastern Mass. And if I say the wrong city, then I'm going to get in trouble, so I can't remember which one it is. But that one I've read cover to cover, read the Albany uh, audit cover to cover. The mayor of... um, Holyoke is currently doing an audit. He They chose a different organization, and I don't recall which one that is. But there are people who are very skilled at this. That's what they do. And that's what I feel is very necessary in in Greenfield, not a citizens' committee, which is nothing wrong with those. Um, one of the counselors had proposed a task force to work in tandem and side-by-side side with them. Um, and I I didn't object to that at all, uh, or to funding it, uh, making the financial order to fund it. She just withdrew her proposal for a reason I'm not sure of. But um, in order for us to maybe move on from this, I think we need to know what the weaknesses and strengths of our police department are. And they would cover that top to bottom promotions, promotional process, um, police station operations in general, budgeting, um, mm. looking for those areas where we might be vulnerable to racial bias, implicit bias, all of those things. But also getting a handle on, you know, what's going on. And, and I think it has to be done by an independent group of people and so that everybody in the community feels good about it.
1: How do you feel <coughs> about a police review commission that's staffed by civ- civilians, not just uh, by officials of the government?
3: Well, we have the Public Safety Committee, um, and um, they are all appointed by the mayor. They are, because I have that power under the, um, they're appointed by the mayor, approved by the council. I have that power under the charter. And um, they are all citizens um, who have had some background in public safety. Public Safety Commission does with both, deals with both the police station and the fire station, fire department, and the police department. One of their roles is to hear any complaints against either of those entities and to investigate them and to present. They are an advisory committee to the mayor um, and to present me with information. They look at the police budget and the fire budget, make recommendations to both of the chiefs, um, which they are not obligated to take, but they should probably take them, if they make any, and then send them on to me. So that's one level that we have. It's come under fire a little bit um, for again reasons that may be legitimate and may not be. Um, I think it was Councillor Forgi who brought forth the idea. Former mayor. Yes, during the charter uh, uh, review process that of a of a of a police. A commission or a police, a citizen-led, a, a, a different model for the public safety commission, a, an actual police commission or an actual well, your, fire Well, you're a public safety committee, not yeah, a commission. Committee. Right. Yeah. right,
1: to have a formal commission yeah. that yeah. is right and the commissioner's can actually be elected by people yeah and yeah. and can have uh, instead of just recommending power they can actually be yeah. part and of I've the process and
3: i i have not talked to police chief Haig about that particular thing just cuz we were talking about many other things uh but i have talked to the fire chief and uh, he's he um he's he finds the idea very interesting so yeah i know a lot of cities have yeah
1: have done that yeah i mean i i i keep hearing um from people who were really upset, and mm-hmm. u- upset with my old friend Roxanne. <laughs> um, and some of it, I had a really interesting conversation over the phone, which um, I think I can do in, in 30 seconds or so. I, uh, When I was an active trial lawyer doing criminal law, mm-hmm. I, I did some things my wife wasn't happy about, like representing people who were accused of child molestation or rape. Mm-hmm. And I remember one particular case, which I lost, and a fellow was... Uh, uh, convicted of rape, mm-hmm. the rape of a sleeping woman in a party. But right in the middle of that, and it was in the early 90s, I think, and that's when that conversation started to happen about we really have to shift the model where women who accuse people, uh, the presumption was mm-hmm. it was consensual, they're embarrassed or ashamed of what their conduct was, so mm-hmm. now they claim rape, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so defense attorneys, we all sort of were schooled in discrediting these complainants because we were representing the accused. Mm-hmm. And the motto sort of became, we should really, ass- it should be presumptive that women are telling the truth. That's not to say that the accused loses the presumption of innocence. Mm. You still have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt to a moral certainty his guilt mm-hmm. in the case of a male. But you should just um, assume, presume that a woman is telling the truth when she makes such an accusation. And the person who reminded me of that th- and my own belief that let's not discredit an allegation by a woman that she'd been raped mm-hmm. without actually said the same is true when you're black. Mm-hmm. You know when people are acting a certain way. You know when you enter the elevator or the, you know, the store clerk is following you around mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the looks that you get. You know when your supervisor is treating you badly. Mm-hmm. And Buchanan wasn't treated that way, mm-hmm. it wasn't a presumption. Now, Buchanan being the person that sued the Greenfield Police mm-hmm. Department and police chief won a judgment. Um, judgment was reduced by the trial judge to, what is it, $350,000, something like that, um, that, that precipitated this latest round of concern. What?
3: I, the judgment was not reduced.
1: From a million to 350000 Well,
3: unless I haven't checked the, the That's court log. I, I haven't court logged well, lately. No, no, incidental. no. There is a motion. The, the lawyer's fees were reduced. <laughs> <laughs> all right well, yeah, I might, I might yeah. My lawyers memory. fees were reduced um attorney's fees I mean mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. attorney for the defendant um yeah. i mean the plaintiff yeah um so um but no no the judgment has not been re- there's a motion for a new trial that's before the judge that's right and uh, and he apparently has all the time in the world to rule on. Well, I misspoke, and I'm sorry I diverted us from
1: what my point was, which is how do you feel about this assertion? I mean, I know somebody who's Jewish raised in Atlanta, Georgia, who my 13 school suspensions, (laughs) eight were because I was called a dirty Jew or something like that, and I got in a fight. So I know that feeling of feeling it. And and I was just reminded of that by somebody who's complaining to me about what's going on in Greenfield. How do you feel about that presumption being afforded somebody who's who says I feel yeah. discrimination?
3: Well, um, first of all, I'm gonna yeah remind everybody that what we're talking about is a civil trial, not a not a uh, not a criminal trial. Um, so it was a judgment uh, for a monetary judgment uh, was 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 awarded. Um, and I, I don't really know exactly how to answer that question because I think, like you say, I think we do owe a presumption of honesty um, when somebody brings forward a complaint. And I don't think that there was anything within the, um, within the court case that presumed any differently from Patrick Buchanan. But you, as you also pointed out, if I'm not mistaken, you have to Assume a presumption of innocence as well. Oh, certainly, I believe so that every claim has to be proven. You know, and therefore, the the need for it's not the need, only need for the new trial, but the need for the new trial was there were many instances that occurred during the trial um, that um, overstepped their bounds in terms of the presumption of innocence for the chief of police. I mean, that's a very loose. Because I can't really talk about a lot of it, um, thing. So, um, and I I don't doubt the attorneys on that. I was in court a couple of different days, and I don't doubt the attorneys on that at all. Uh, the city attorneys, who are um, represented, they are being paid for, and they are there on behalf of our uh, it, liability insurer, which is an organization called M I I A or Maya.
1: Right, insurers have both the obligation, yeah. they have the right and the obligation to defend yeah. those that they are yeah. uh, indemnifying yeah. for claims. We're going to take a break. We're talking to poor Roxanne Weirgardner, came in and she told me she has a head cold <laughs> and then I'm hammering her with difficult questions. And I have so
3: a, an octave or two lower. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to be back. I want to talk about Lunt yeah. property um, when we come back. So we're we'll back in a few minutes. Stay with us.
0: This is The Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 1015 WHMP. When it's happening here in the valley, we're talking about it.
5: We have a very unique and lethal combination of emboldened white supremacy in this country and unfettered access to guns. We need to keep talking about the intersection of the white supremacy and guns. Guns are used in order to you know, elicit fear and power and control uh, by white supremacists. And it's not an issue that's going away easily. 101.5, 1400,
0: and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP.
2: Ron Carter played with Miles Davis in the 60s with A Tribe Called Quest in the 90s. This Saturday, Ron Carter brings his quartet to Northampton's Academy of Music. The Northampton Jazz Festival, kicking off Friday with a jazz strut, seven jazz ensembles around town. Saturday, the Freddie Bryant Brazilian Trio, Ashley Pizzotti. In Pulaski Park, Hot Club of New York spins rare Jazz 78s. And so much more this Friday and Saturday, Jazz Abounds Downtown. See the full festival lineup at the Northampton Jazz Fest website. You want to feel important.
5: You want to be part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things.
4: You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way too.
5: And that's why we did something about it.
4: We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers.
5: We are normal people just like you, but our part-time service in the Army National Guard means we get to be more.
4: When our communities are in need, we get the chance to stand up and do something about it.
5: We get to serve in our own region and help the people we call neighbors.
4: From the coasts of Maine, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and New Jersey.
5: The small communities of Connecticut, Delaware, Maryland, and Pennsylvania.
4: To the dense forests of New Hampshire, Vermont, and New York, and historic Washington, D.C we are here for our hometowns
0: and
5: together we can make a difference take on your legacy visit nationalguard.com to find out more
0: sponsored by the massachusetts army national guard aired by the massachusetts broadcasters association at this station at american national what's important to you is important to us just like every horse is unique so is our equine coverage American National's equine owner's insurance is designed to address the inherent risks involved with owning horses. Flexible enough to provide property and liability coverage for operations of various sizes, yet can be tailored for your specific needs. We're right by your side. For more information, just visit AmericanNational.com. American National Property and Casualty Company and Affiliates, Springfield, Missouri.
4: This is the afternoon buzz
0: with Buzz Eisenberg, 1015 WHMP.
1: And we are back with her honor, Roxanne Gardner, and uh, who has a head cold, but she's soldiering through. So yes. thank you very much, Roxanne. So, this complicated business about the Lunt property, yeah, about 10 years ago, um, it was purchased from the Lunt silversmith, the Lunt family, um. Uh, there was a cleanup that had to be done. Um, the municipality had to have access to it. I think Mayor Martin, your predecessor, was mayor at the time that yeah. it was purchased.
3: It was actually longer ago. It was 2015, maybe. Oh. Yeah. See? Yeah.
1: Happening. The older I get, the more years just don't <laughs> yeah, make any yeah. difference anymore. <laughs> um, and the mayor, Martin, hired a licensed site professional, which is called LSP. Yep. Um, um, From the- Fuss and O'Neill. Mm -hmm. Um, The Department of Environmental Protection cannot hire experts. So um, it's sort of the licensed site professionals that represent what the legal requirements are for Mm -hmm. a cleanup Mm -hmm. of a site that has been, uh, I guess, soiled is the right word. that could have
3: been, it's a little more than 10 years ago, but he was not hired right away. Um, The city took care of some of the pollution issues. Under so a the grant pollution issues. Under a grant.
1: Yeah, the pollution issues involve some kind of, uh, it was a solvent, it's a toxin. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a high water table, I guess, Greenfield. Mm-hmm. Has, mm-hmm. The Greenfield floats. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> true. Those toxins went into the storm drain. Um, there was some kind of an agreement. And this, then, then there was PIP, a public involvement. Yeah, and that's board. very recent. That's on you bring my us up to date right now? Well,
3: uh, a group of citizens um, formed um, under what's allowable under the Massachusetts contingency plan, which is a part of uh, state code regarding environmental cleanups of abandoned buildings or, or you know, of buildings. Let's put it that way.
1: And I missed. I'm sorry, Rox. The, yeah. uh, there's a really important part here, which is. People who live around it are right. really concerned about yes, the toxic. Yes,
3: yes, no, no, that's absolutely nature. true. Okay. The lump, the lunt property, as so many of our industrial buildings in Greenfield, with the exception of those that are in the industrial park, are, are there's so old, so old they're built in neighborhoods because that's just how you did it back in the day. Uh, the farmland was for the farmers, <laughs> and um, so. Yes, the Lunt property has always been pretty much—I would call it—center of Greenfield. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in the same neighborhood, just not as close. And um, and so, a group of citizens, some of them are residents around the Lunt property, some are not, formed a, um, a, a a group under the PIP process, Public Information Process, which is allowed, as I said, under Code, State Code. Around environmental cleanups of of significant buildings, um, pollution in significant buildings, and so um, as such, they get to participate as kind of a um, maybe watchdog group is a little too strong, but as it is the the role or the mantle that these they want folks involvement, have assumed, that they want involvement, which is what Pip is, yeah. yeah. And I welcome that process. I don't have a problem with it. What what they have asked for that I do have a problem with is a second LSP, and they don't licensed site
4: professional. professional. So yeah. just to flesh this yeah. out, my
1: understanding is there was there was a lease option.
4: Yes, we <clears> forgot that piece. Yeah,
1: we forgot that piece where mm-hmm. where the sale could have the land could was, actually happen uh, after this cleanup is satisfactorily that is done. DEP said, "Oh, your LSP seems to be doing a good job. That's right. We're going to allow this to happen." And then this PIP came. Mm-hmm. Public involvement said, "No, these guys are too lenient. The LSPs that we're working on the project. We want a different LSP." Mm-hmm. Where do things stand now?
3: Well, so um, that's a, a pretty abbreviated version of what happened, um, John. Who? Um, Drawn a blank on his name now, but the the regional uh, de mass dep person does not is feel the need that we uh, to replace um, the uh, licenses the, the LSP or or to I mean he said it's of course always up to me but uh, or to hire a second one uh, he has confidence in Bruce Nicholson, the LSP and he uh, works very closely with him mm-hmm. as. Bruce does. Bruce has a 35-year career as an LSP, and um, so we are really at the end of, almost at the end of this project rather than at the beginning. Uh, Timing being what it is, I might have thought differently, but... um,
1: Do we know how much money was spent on this process?
3: I don't know the exact number because the less – under the terms of the lease that Bill Martin made with uh, the Mayor
1: Bill Martin. Yeah. Yes,
3: Mayor Bill Martin made with the um, lessee, um, which is 401 Liberty Street, LLC. They, um, they pay the bills for the environmental cleanup. Mm-hmm. Um, so they pay the bills. I
1: which is the law in Massachusetts? Right? Yes, yeah. yes,, yes,
3: yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's rare to find it to, <laughs> any other way. and it's not at all uncommon to find uh, a, a a building in city hands that might be sold to or leased to uh, another entity to and need some cleanup that to to continue the cleanup. That's yeah. correct. So um Bill kind of did it uh, you know, he didn't sell it outright. And I, I don't know that I even know why, um, but that is the case. And you were right; we were about to execute that sale pending uh, approval of a phase two uh, environmental report from the Mass DEP that had not been delivered yet um, from them, and and enter then. Uh, timing again being everything, enter then the PIP group. So in the meantime, things have um, Masty EP has taken another look at the property, as they said they would in April when we met personally with them, and uh, they will be— um, and they have made some recommendations to Bruce to continue to do some additional testing someplace else in some other areas that had not been tested. And to, to right now, as far as I know, uh, they are complying with everything that uh, EP has asked them to do that is additional.
1: Well, listen, I am so grateful that you slept down to Northampton, wonderful downtown Northampton, yeah. our beautiful studios with a head cold and suffered yeah. my... Intolerable questions.
4: That's
3: all right. Dan like is kind of giving
1: questions. me looks. Now, you think you're important. I think I'm important. Dan is calling your shots and saying, Get off the air right now. That is what I'm saying. I'm giving you those dirty You got to do ones. messages. Come on. Buzz. You know how this works. Roxanne, thank you so much.
3: Yeah.
1: Pleasure to see you.
3: So, what I was going to tell you
0: is This is the afternoon buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 1015 WHMP. <laughs>
6: The Afternoon Buzz is brought to you by Lundgren,
2: family-run since 1964. Experience it in Greenfield.
7: For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Northampton school officials are putting new safety measures in place following a bomb scare two weeks ago. New lockdown training, possible upgrades in communications equipment, and strategizing have all been taking place following a special school committee meeting last week. A new crisis team was assembled to review teacher protocols, collaborate with city agencies, and schedule the necessary training. Superintendent Janelle Pearson-Campbell tells the Gazette in future emergencies each school will have a team captain to serve as the designated liaison with first responders. A South Hadley man was sentenced to probation on indecent assault and battery charges of a patient. 42-year-old Edward Costick was sentenced to a suspended two-year jail sentence while on probation, have no contact with the victim, and undergo sex offender evaluation. Costick was a physical therapist at Cooley Dickinson Hospital Rehabilitation Services while treating the patient for neck injuries sustained in a car crash. A Florence man accused of sexually abusing a child is out on bail, but remains on unpaid leave from his job at Linda Manor Assisted Living Facility. 50-year-old Scott Dusso denies the charge of rape, abuse, indecent assault, and battery, and enticement of a minor. He was released on $5,000 bail. And the Massachusetts HAZMAT team were called to Deerfield after a report of a broken mercury thermometer. The state fire marshal's office is warning mercury is highly toxic to people and wildlife. So even a small spill requires specialized personnel and equipment. If you have a mercury thermometer, you are being advised to dispose of it.
0: Sun cloud mix, slight chance for a shower this afternoon, a high of 66 to 70. Scattered clouds tonight, evening temperatures falling into the 50s, an overnight low of 44 to 50. Partly to mostly sunny tomorrow, a high of 62 to 66. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 1015 WHMP. Lundgren Honda, experience it. Now, it isn't just one thing. It is everything you expect when you're looking for your next car, your first car, or to repair your car. Award-winning customer service, no hassle, negotiation-free pricing, and friendly, familiar faces you know and trust with your vehicle. Hi, Marty here from Lundgren Honda. If you are looking for a pre-owned car, truck, or SUV, we have it. The best selection, the most pre-owned vehicles you'll find anywhere in Franklin County and beyond. Over 100 to choose from. Some dealers may be struggling with their inventory, but not here at Lundgren Honda. We have over 25 half and three quarter ton trucks in stock and ready to roll. Lundgren Honda is consistently increasing their inventory. The best selection of new and used vehicles in the tri-state region for the best price you'll find anywhere. Experience it consumer satisfaction award winners two years running lundgren honda proudly provides you with an award-winning experience see the latest selection of new and certified pre-owned cars at 409 federal street and lundgren honda of greenfield.com lundgren honda of greenfield experience it
7: Do you know what's happening this Friday at 9 a.m.? Is this week's Shop Friday Corsello Butcheria? Correct! They go on sale this Friday at 9 a.m.
4: Corsello Butcheria, the Italian-style butcher shop in East Hampton. The inspiration is a small, family-run butcher shop in Rome. The meat is from local farmers they know and trust. Stop in for steaks
7: and sausages, chops or chicken, or just a sandwich. Corsello Butcheria in East Hampton. Get ready to save 30% beginning Friday at 9 a.m. The Shop 30 store at whmp.com.
2: Hello, this is Mother Nature speaking. Well, speaking through me. You can just let everything slide until next spring, but I'm not going to be happy. I know you're busy. We're all busy. That's why you call Beyond Landscape. They cut back the perennials, deadhead the flowers, clean up the leaves and compost them. Maybe the lawn needs feeding or the beds need weaning. Oh, you'll get to it? Oh, really? Listen to your mother. Take back your weekend. Call Beyond Landscape. Book a fall cleanup.
0: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
1: And we are back, and I'm glad you are back with us. Nan Parati, what's the interesting thing of the day?
4: Today we are back in school. Everybody's back in school. And my, I grew up with a sister who had dyslexia. And, and this is back in the 60s when it was discovered. And it was a terrible time, a very difficult time for her. They know a whole lot more today. And my guest today knows a whole lot about this. My guest today is Ben Tobin. And he is an activist and works with kids who have learning issues. Welcome, Ben. Thank you. Um, let's uh, let's just jump right into it. Um, what sorts of things do you, what What do you do? Tell me what you do.
6: Uh, well, I guess I do a few things. Um, I tutor kids, and uh, work as a um, as a special education teacher, um, so I'm licensed, and I'm a board member at uh, SpedWatch Inc., which is um, trying to change things at a systematic level, at the state level, um, through sort of direct action um, and sort of engaging with different different people, different groups to try and Make change.
1: Um, what does SPED stand for?
6: Ah, special education. Thank you.
1: And, and this is Dan, but what, what kind of change are you trying to change at the state level?
6: Uh, so basically, we're looking at how the federal law, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act or IDEA, is uh, implemented. So um, there's supposed to be a set of policies and procedures for implementing the law, things like Child Find, where schools are supposed to actively identify kids. Uh, they're not just supposed to say, oh, come to us if you, have, if you think there's a problem, yeah. you can do that too. But they're supposed to actively seek out all the kids who might have a disability, tell the parents, parents come in, kids get evaluated, then if they have a disability, they get services. Um, So that set of policies um, currently exists as sort of advisories and things that are suggestive. Um, The schools are required to have them, and they're supposed to fill out a document that I think it's changing soon, but it's currently called the SEPPS, the Special Education Program Plan Statement. Um, So the idea is to try and get that process um, working in a more active way so that kids are getting identified, Uh, so I'm part of a project called the Mass Child Find Project, um, as well as Decoding Dyslexia, which are both um, groups that are working to help families uh, who are going through um, their kids having a disability and need help getting services and getting their kids identified and uh, making sure the services are um, evidence-based.
4: Tell me, let's talk about, we were talking beforehand before we came in here, talk about some of the different disabilities that you you work with that yeah. you can identify that kids maybe don't know they have and parents don't know they have. They just know their, their kid is having trouble. What are some of the things you know about?
6: Uh, well, dyslexia rarely travels by itself. Um, and
4: dyslexia is, it, explain uh, what dyslexia is.
6: Uh, so the um, sort of scientific definition is a specific learning disability in reading that is neurobiological in uh, origin, and it's specifically the inability to connect the letter with the letter sound, and just not recognizing that that symbol represents a sound. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's more to it than that, but that's sort of, at its core, the source of the trouble. Yeah. Um, and they, I mean, we're talking about these 3,000-year-old Phoenician symbols, and we're not born knowing what those are. Um, no one is born knowing what they are, but for the longest time it's been considered that reading is natural and therefore kids should just be able to pick up a book and sort of read through osmosis. And that's usually in the past where a lot of trouble um, has come up because that doesn't really that works for a lot of kids if you don't have dyslexia. Kids can pick up the code. Um, most kids, even if they don't have dyslexia, need some kind of instruction. Um, but then the kids who have dyslexia most definitely need very specific instruction that sort of lays out clearly like this sound goes with this letter, you put the sounds in the word together, the words in the sentence, like they have to have it really clearly spelled out and modeled for them.
4: And a lot of kids get this, but there are a lot of kids who don't get that.
6: Yes, yeah. there are a lot of kids who don't get it. And they're It doesn't also-
4: mean they're stupid.
6: It does not mean they're stupid. In fact, uh, most dyslexic kids are um, very, um, very intelligent. And it's just that they have trouble with reading. Mm -hmm. And I think in our culture, in our society, we associate being able to read with being intelligent. But it's not, they're not really mutually exclusive. Um, Being able to read gives you access to literature, to news, to all sorts of information so it can make that more difficult but especially these days um, books on tape are used there are lots of other ways of accessing the information but at the end of the day it is still ideal if you are able to teach well (laughs) more than ideal you really need to be able to teach kids how to read so they can access Mm -hmm. the information because you can't always
1: we only have a minute and and a half but I'm wondering when you say it was neurobiological how do you teach?
6: So they have found that, they call it the reading brain. Um, it's basically in order to read, our brain repurposes different um, areas of the brain to be able to do this task that we created for ourselves to process information. Um, and actually our, the whole system is very limited for everyone. Um, we can only take in so much information and there are parts of the brain uh, like, the part that recognizes faces is the part that recognizes letters. Hmm. So, and it's mostly on the left side of the brain. It starts there and it kind of ping-pongs back and forth from left, right, left, right. And what they've found is that when that left side of the brain is really well developed, it means that you've got these strong language skills. But on the a lot of the kids who get, it's called whole language, where they just teach the whole word. They don't teach um, that words are made of sounds. They don't teach you how the language really works. The right side of the brain gets developed. And those people tend to rely on their visual memories. Um, And some dyslexic people actually are very good with their memories, and they can memorize a lot of words. But there are also a lot of dyslexic kids who don't really have that ability to process information quickly. So, um, uh, yeah, so it's... They sort of have both problems. That's called double dyslexia mm. um, and they would have the, it's called phonological when you processing sound, uh, anything to do with the sounds, um, and rapid automatic naming, which is the ability to process information and phonological information quickly. So uh, yeah, the people, when they rely on their visual memories, they're not really reading, they're relying on the fact that they recognize the words by sight, but Mm -hmm. if you hit a word, like, I usually use the word um, prestidigitation as an example. If you can't, (laughs) if you don't know the vowel sounds in that word, and the fact that those vowel sounds sort of don't, we say, like, don't play fair, uh, they're not always making the sounds that you would associate, um, you would have trouble reading that word and then understanding it.
1: Wow. (laughs) The process of understanding uh, not just the condition, but but the remedy right. is quite complicated. It is. I'm it's feeling really, yeah. a little like uh, neurologically impaired myself <laughs> right now. We're talking with uh, Nan Parati's interesting thing. His name is Ben Tobin. We're talking about dyslexia and other learning um, uh, disabilities. And we're going to come back and talk about this incredibly important subject to so many people. Thank you, Ben, for what you do. We're going to be back in just a few minutes. Stay with us.
0: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
5: On our
2: next show, We'll fish wrap with Monty on his attendance Wednesday at the White House Conference on Hunger in America. And we'll have cool films with Larry Hott and The Reverend and the Rabbi. All this beginning Thursday at 9 o'clock. Get in on the conversation. Bill Newman. Weekdays at 9. And again at 5. WHMP. News, information, and the arts.
6: Smith Academy in Hatfield is accepting school choice applications through September 30th. With class sizes averaging 10 students, Smith Academy can offer more than 20 clubs, 7 AP courses, 14 sports teams, work studies and internships, free dual enrollment at HCC and Smith College, and computer
2: science for all students. With a graduation rate of over 95%, most college bound, Smith Academy can prepare you for the next step. No cost to apply or attend. Call them or go to
6: HatfieldPS.net and schedule a tour today.
7: If your Spanish-speaking employees spoke better English, would that be good for business? If your English-speaking employees spoke a little Spanish, would that be good for business? The International Language Institute delivers workplace language training, improving communication among co-workers and with customers. You get financial assistance with the Massachusetts Workplace Training Express Fund. They cover 50 to 100 percent of the cost. So let's get going. Call or email the International Language Institute in downtown Northampton.
5: Why work for just any hospital when you can work for Cooley Dickinson Hospital in Northampton? Cooley Dickinson Hospital is the winner of the Best Local Choice Award by the Daily Hampshire Gazette's 2022 Reader's Choice Awards. And right now, they're offering a $10,000, yes, a $10,000 sign-on bonus for inpatient and emergency department nurses. Don't wait, apply online today at CooleyDickinson.org. For the
1: first time in 50 years, I'll be convening a White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition and Health.
2: This Wednesday, Mr. Belmonte goes to Washington. Hey, that's me.
1: Dad always used to say the only causes worth fighting for were the lost causes.
2: I'll be at the White House Conference on Food, Nutrition, Health and Hunger, hearing from experts and those affected by hunger. Will I get to meet the president? Who knows? With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. Should I bring the AOC-inspired dress that I wore on the March for the Food Bank last year? Probably.
7: Okay. Can you explain why?
2: Be listening later this week and find out if we, as a nation, can find a solution to do what Congressman Jim McGovern has wanted to do for a long time. We must end hunger now.
6: Because I wouldn't give you two cents for all your fancy rules. If behind them they didn't have a little bit of plain, ordinary, everyday kindness.
2: Plus, this Wednesday is when you can sign up to join the March for the Food Bank 13. Sign up at Monty'sMarch.com.
6: You're not going to have a country that can make these kind of rules work if you haven't got men that have learned to tell you human rights from
4: a punch on the nose. This
0: is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 1015 WHMP.
1: We are back with Nan Parati and her interesting thing involves a very serious condition, dyslexia. Nan, you're talking to Ben Tobin.
4: Right. Ben, one of the things you said was that, well, you said, uh, well, let's, let's go with First of all, name a few other things, but we've been talking about dyslexia, but a few other f- things that affect some kids that people may not recognize in school.
6: Yeah, so dysle- I, I think I did start start to say dyslexia doesn't travel alone, and then I veered off. Um, so you'll often see things like ADHD, um, which it used. To, you also used to have ADD, which is the one that's um attention deficit disorder yep, and adhd is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder there you go. now they're all one term um and it's more of a, a spectrum um you can definitely have it's called comorbidity when there are multiple um disabilities at once and you can have an, a large number of them going on at once and at that point um it can get a little um hard to parse out like this is the dyslexia causing it, this is the attentional piece, this is the um, dysgraphia causing it. Um, Because any one of these conditions can also cause attentional problems in school. Um, If there's like a difficulty with your memory, which is common with dyslexia, especially double deficit dyslexia, um, you can sort of forget to pay attention and it can read as having ADHD. Mm. Um, So sometimes kids with dyslexia are given the medication,
1: Ritalin, and
6: and it doesn't work for them uh, because they don't, they might not have ADHD. So it's good to check to make sure that they actually have ADHD.
4: I have a a quick question. Are cases of this growing like more than they did, you know, 100 or, or 50 years ago, or is it just more recognition now?
6: I think it might be both. Um, It's definitely getting more recognized. It is very common. It's very highly genetic. Um, If a parent has it, even one parent, um, it's like a 50-50 chance that you're going to get it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So you could get in one family a kid who doesn't have it and uh, a kid who does have it. Mm -hmm. And I've actually seen that. Um, It it varies a lot. Um, But it is highly genetic. All of these... um, disabilities are very highly genetic. Um, And it's definitely getting recognized more. Um, Because I think back in the day, they used to really just shove kids in a room. And if you couldn't read, if you couldn't do math, it it didn't really matter as much. And there have been laws like the IDEA and state laws. um, Actually, uh, chapter 766 uh, just celebrated its, um, I think it's its 50th anniversary, if I'm not mistaken. I think Uh, that sounds right. Um, which was, I think it was the first, if I, and I could be wrong. First in the nation, yeah, it the was. The first special ed law. Um, so the laws have sort of allowed for the identification, and then the identification has also gotten more sophisticated um, as we've learned more. Mm-hmm. And especially the fact that it is a brain, it's a brain—it's a different brain structure, um, different neural pathways, different layout of those pathways, um, just a whole, and the way the brain works. Um, It's been described as sort of like a highway, and in um, like a typical, neurotypical brain, you would have like straight lines, and the information goes back and forth like cars. Um, But in a dyslexic brain, the highway might be crisscrossed, and there might be a traffic jam, the road might be bumpy, so the information comes out slower. So some kids with dyslexia will have a stutter, um, where the, like the words will come out in chunks or syllables like they don't have the whole word coming out all at once Um, and all of those things can be uh, worked on with like a speech pathologist getting a speech pathologist involved is um, important because there's often an intersection of spoken language and reading Um, but they're also distinct in their own ways because um, like with writing conventions the way we write isn't necessarily how we speak Um, we use certain uh like if I have a compound sentence like the boy who drank apple juice, who then went to the store, like we don't talk like that in conversation. Um, so sometimes when kids with dyslexia hit um, like a, you know, a book where they use these different sentence structures, they don't recognize it from um, spoken language and it, it feels odd and they mm. don't know like the placement of certain words. Like nevertheless, or although, which are important words to use in a sentence, but but those are
1: complex concepts. Yeah, nevertheless means this is A B C is true, but notwithstanding that, right? This is it's a complicated concept, so, which leads to my question. You mentioned earlier before we took a break that they ha- have to make sure that services are evidence based. So, yeah. assume that they get services that are evidence based. Is evidence that these conditions are exist and that they are ones which services can approach yeah. uh, appropriately can you actually cure that is can you remedy the problem in an individual such that they can read normally think normally speak normally
6: um yeah i can speak to that um i guess i also Whatever forgot, normal <laughs> means i forgot <laughs> to mention dyscalculia which is the math dyslexia is something that goes with dyslexia a lot dysgraphia is the one for writing where Um, You have like the sort of slanted lines of text and dyspraxia is sort of like the dyslexia of spatial awareness So trouble transitioning between rooms Uh, they usually have trouble tying their shoes and uh, buttoning buttons things that require like those certain fine motor skills and um, They usually chew on non chewables uh, like cloth or toilet paper or something like that Um, So the evidence-based by that, um, you can identify it early, as early as preschool. And there's some tools like the Early Bird um, Screener. And the state actually just approved um, a regulation, uh, the first regulation for dyslexia screening. So starting next July, uh, every, every kid uh, is supposed to be getting screened for dyslexia. And uh, they use there are three screeners approved right now including um, early bird. So the ideal situation is you would identify it early and intervene early. And the earlier you intervene, the easier it is to remediate. You can't ever really cure dyslexia or any of these conditions. But with, with some kids, if it's mild enough, it's almost like it's not there. But um, you can it significantly increases the likelihood that they'll be able to read and read at grade level and read efficiently and access everything
4: ben i'd like to ask um we have very short time left if somebody is recognizing some of this in their kids and they may just be recognizing it as we're talking here might they be able to get in touch with you to help you help help them kind of go know what to do next is that possible yeah for sure how would they get in touch with you
6: uh well you can contact me um by email that's probably the best yeah yes emails and what's
4: What is your email address, then?
6: Uh, so it's B as in boy, Z as in zebra, Tobin, T-O-B-I-N, 0968 at gmail.com.
1: bz tobin zero nine six eight at gmail.com. Is that right?
6: That is correct.
1: Whew, I think I, I, I might not have that I know. I think bio you're going
4: to have to get yourself an easier one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And this is a really important topic. Thank you so much for bringing Ben to talk and illuminate us about it. Uh, There's a thousand other questions, but only 10 more seconds, so we can't go into it now. Thanks for joining us, Ben. Yeah, thank you. He is an interesting thing. Everybody else, join us tomorrow at 4 o'clock, Afternoon Buzz. Have a great evening.
0: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 1015 WHMP.
7: Do you know what's happening this Friday at 9 a.m.? Is this week's Shop Friday Corsello Butcheria? Correct! They go on sale this Friday at 9 a.m. Corsello
4: Butcheria, the Italian-style butcher shop in East Hampton. The inspiration is a small, family-run butcher shop in Rome. The meat is from local farmers they know and trust. Stop in for steaks and sausages,
7: chops or chicken, or just a sandwich. Corsello Butcheria in East Hampton. Get ready to save 30% beginning Friday at 9 a.m. The Shop 30 store at whmp.com.
6: Dear Massachusetts, marijuana is now legal for adult use. Keep your kids and pets safe by keeping all cannabis products in child-resistant packaging. Live and local Store your news cannabis and talk in for box Northampton and the Valley
0: since 1950. WHMP Northampton WHMQ Greenfield On Northampton radio group station. It's